We are live. We are at G Will Liquors in Andover. I think I just burned out Stephanie's ear. Totally did. Uh, we are excited to be here. It is the Maker's Mark of Palooza. Tons of events are going to be happening up at G Will Liquors in Andover. After the broadcast that ends at 11, I'm going to go right into a cookbook signing. And at 12 to 4, there is the Maker's Mark cart outside. They're going to be having samples. They're going to be doing bottle etching. You can learn how to roll your own cigars. And uh, Sweet Haven Tonic is here with their whole line of tonics that'll be fun to mix with your whiskeys. Such a great day. Uh, we had Cindy on the line before we left, and she was trying to get us to help her figure out something. She had food on her counter. Yes. <laughs> fresh food. And it was a sweet potato, a mushroom, tomato. There was another thing. Oh, did we ever think of did what we, the other thing was? No, did listen. A carrot? Did did it was a carrot? I think it was a carrot. Um. So sweet potato, mushroom, and tomatoes. I mean, for me, that to me seems like it could be a pretty interesting stir fry, you know, or like, and I think that going into actually knowing that I just made chili last week that had pumpkin in it, you could easily do sweet potato chili, you know, like your basic tomato chili, Yep. you know, with a little bit of ground beef or however you want to use whatever, you know, if you want to use turkey or anything like that. And then just cutting up that sweet potato and getting it into the chili and letting it kind of like break down. Or even better, what I do with potatoes into the soups that I make, sometimes you grate it. I know that sweet potatoes are softer, but if you grate it on a a box grater into the mix, it then like those little thin strands break down like very smoothly. Yeah. And they almost dissolve. It's just beautiful. And they create like a starchy Yeah, and it gives like a little bit, yeah, good starchiness. So that's a good way. I would just throw it all into a big chili. Okay, I'm going to take all those things. I'm going to put a little olive oil in a skillet or an Instant Pot. I'm going to put all those things chopped in there. Then I'm going to add two tablespoons of red curry paste. Okay. A can of coconut milk. Sure. And I'm going to just let it all cook down until the vegetables are done. And I'm going to serve it over rice with fresh cilantro, a little hit of lime, and I'm going to make a curry. Okay. Well done, you. Sweet potato curry. Yum. There it is. Yum. <laughs> yum. 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 <laughs> this is kind of, I brought out my Instant Pot last night and I thought about you. You did? It's first Instant Pot of the season. Yep. I even, Which I is d- so weird because to me, Instant Pot is about summer. Not fall. Okay, I'm the exact opposite because I, I haven't used it almost all summer. I, I really haven't cooked that big of a. St- I mean, but basically because I need to make it, I use it in the summer because I don't want to heat up my kitchen. Like to me, it's like I, I'm going to turn my stove on. Like I'm right. so excited for that. No, I had peppers. I had kale. Yeah. I had tomatoes. I had some chicken. I had to use up, and I had onions, and I just did literally cut all those things, put them in a pot. Added some coconut milk. I used a jar of chutney that I'd made, oh. which has all the warm gingery cumin spices in it. And I just made a curry. Are you in a curry good. space right now? I think I might be. You might is be. that the fourth time I've said curry uh-huh. in this last hour? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, so I the, probably totally am. You are in a curry space. You know what else? It's a, a space you're in? A top two an hour, too. Oh, I, I, oh, I can't. Can. <laughs> Poor Lexi. Lexi, I just surprised you. Okay, I'm so fast. Top two, top two. The top two? Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. All right, so it's the time where we talk about, we sneak it in on Lexi in the middle of a conversation. We talk about a couple of things we're obsessed with or thinking about. Curry's clearly one of your top twos. It might be. But go ahead with one of your I'm gonna, actual official top twos. So you have three on here, so I'm going to no, do one. Veg Fest, Harriet Island, 10 to 4. Yeah. It is today. 
Okay. If you are someone that's interested in getting more plants into your diet and more vegetable eating, which I am, and I don't know why, but I'll admit this is a struggle for me because my husband thinks that a meal is not a meal if there's not a protein with meat. Yeah. Or beans, maybe, or at least a carbohydrate starch. So I'm really thinking about how to get more vegetables into my diet. And I would say on a scale of one to 10, I'm doing a two right now and I'd like to get to a six. Okay. So veg fast, Harriet Island, you're going to get lots of good ideas. 10 to four today in St. Paul. Okay. That sounds great. Um, I was going to shout out smoke out. I know I already did, but I'm going to shout out again. Please, It's a great event because also makers mark is one of our sponsors. Yes. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity. It's at Alliance field, October 2nd. Um, Justin Sutherland will be there. There's, but more than important is like, there's a number. I mean, I think we have like 15 different, barbecue smoky meat treats uh purveyors and your entry ticket gets you unlimited eats and s- drinks you know what i mean uh and i mean like it basically you don't if you to- want the meat sweat yeah go you- to smoke out yeah but i mean Woo! and more than that because usually you know i mean there's like corn and yeah, we have yum. like you know all sorts of good sides and things like that but basically what's really fun about it is like you just get to go from place to place to place you don't have to get nickel and dimed by you know like saying like okay well entry is this much and then you have to pay for this and pay for that stephanie is like telling our total life story which is when we go to a food event yeah we just want all the things right there we don't want to wait in lines we don't want tickets (laughs) we just want to eat all the things and seven tickets and i get it and there are a lot of people who are different they just want you know they just want to like go and like i only want to pay for this and i only want to pay for that and that's great too but This That's one, not us. Yeah, but there's also some great live music acts, and there's all sorts of fun stuff happening. Um, we have some really fun activations, which I will, uh, I will sort of like trot out later once we have like all the firmed up things. But again, it's just a really great. We have Nerd D is going to be on stage. Alex Rossi is on stage. So it's oh, kind of one of those boy. great afternoons, Love you know, Alex on Rossi. the on the field and stuff. So smoke out October second, Alliance Field. Okay, mine is sort of a complicated two-parter. Okay. There is a woman in town. She's a ceramicist. Her name is Debbie Wolk, and her business is Debbie Wolk Designs. Okay. And at my cookbook swa or at my cookbook event, she had a platter that had Dolores's um, shortbread cookie recipe on it. Yes. What I'm interested in and what's my top two is thinking about ways to get recipes into perpetuity, whether it's through a platter or this new way, Stephanie, where you put it on your tombstone. Yeah. I am obsessed with this New York Times article about people that are putting recipes on their tombstone. Like your most number one, your, your, the recipe that you must be known for, what would yours be? I don't know yet, but I'm really thinking about it. Like, I want there to be a recipe on my tombstone. Interesting. And I don't know. I really don't know. I also need to have a better answer to, to what's my what favorite I, recipe yeah, in my what cookbook. Would that be and for I you? always say lamb ragu, which a lot of people don't like lamb. So I need to have, like, chicken pot pie is the second answer or some rhubarb cake, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know because maybe it's rhubarb syrup. Maybe it's... I don't know. You know, it's funny, though, because I think like you have there's too many almost for this. This is like for, you know, mom's Christmas cookies, and which is like a thing that obviously, you know, gets passed down generation to generation. Right. You're not passing lamb ragu down like really you're I mean, you are. But you're also like there's so many things in your actual family that you yes. pass down. That just, are more than lamb ragu is what I'm saying. This picture of the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, what is that called? Tombstone? Yeah. It has one cup sugar, half cup oleo. So you know it was like a grandma because oleo is not something people really use right now. It's just lard or Crisco or fat. Yeah. 
you could substitute butter, vanilla flour, baking soda, or baking powder, salt. But I'm obsessed with finding ways to memorialize ourselves with recipes <laughs> and Debbie Wilk designs or putting it on your tombstone. That's my top two. Okay. All right. I like it. And for me, of course, like the harder part is that I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I change my recipes all the time. Like I riff, I don't write I know. down. And you're an experimenter. Which I am. I am like, good. like if you said that, like, this is what this is, I'd be like, yeah, but you could also, that's exactly like what my you chili. Do. I couldn't put that down because it's like, well, I threw garam masala. I threw in turmeric. I threw in curry pumpkin. I all did I not throw in curry. curry. Um, I have one more quickly before we go, which is Riva Terrace, which is the pool deck at four seasons, which I want you to know is open just to pop up and go. It's a lovely place it's for a wonderful. cocktail. It's wonderful. And it's not, and it's, here's the deal. They're going to be open through, you know, the fall months. And so there's going to be some new things that they're going to announce, but they just started doing aperitivo hour from four to six. Oh, yum. And there's some great spritzes and some great say, late like season. like an Aperol spritz yep. on the deck. Yep. And yum. It's, and it's just going to be one of those, like, really, I, I like sat and had a, I had a meeting that started at one and it ended at 530. Oh, so I love those kind one of, of those the perfect thing. And then you right? get a nap. Yeah. And then you nap. can start over. Yeah. Seven o'clock dinner reservation. There you go. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Maker's Mark. We're not we just, are. We're not just going to like think about it. We're not going to look at it. We're going to talk about it. We'll be right back. We are live. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. We are out at G. Will Liquors or G. Will Liquors, depending on how you say it. We are in Andover today. They do have other locations, too, so check them out. But make sure you come to Andover today. Andover. Because we are having a Maker's Mark Palooza. It'll be from 12 to 4 today. And lots of fun things are happening in the Maker's Mark world. We are being joined today by Greg Butera. He is the Maker's Mark diplomat. And during the break, I was like, what does that mean if you're a diplomat? I'd like to be a diplomat of something. <laughs> it's a pretty fancy title, right? It's, it's fancy. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so, Greg, you are the person that goes around the state and goes to liquor stores and goes to restaurants and lets people in on the greatness of Maker's Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that that's a good way to sum it up. So I'm based in Chicago and uh, kind of, you know, for the, the Midwest broadly, I'm the main rep for Maker's. So e educating people, uh, bartenders, you know, consumers, that's, uh, that's all in my wheelhouse. And then managing the private barrel program. Uh, we have the Maker's Mark Private Selection Love that. program. Yeah. So it's, I, I think, probably the most unique, innovative barrel program in the bourbon world. So I get to, to kind of, uh, you know, be across that for the brand. So it's I got a lot to go down there and do that. Did with, you? Yeah, oh, I went wow. down with Spoon oh, and Stable awesome. when Rob uh, Jones was with Spoon and Stable, and Fun. we came down and did. And I still, I'm, I re like that specific thing. And you guys, it's basically where you sort of take 46 and you sort of infuse it with different staves of the barrel, the wood that gives it a little bit more flavor, different flavors. And the one that he came up with was specifically for his you know, version of the old fashioned. And I am so sad that I don't have any more of it. I mean, like I got my own bottle and I drank it dry yep, because yep. it was so delicious. And I'm sort of like, that's a thing that it doesn't exist anymore then. Like it's gone, it's right? gone. Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, I think it's an extremely unique program. Yeah. And, and like you alluded to, it's uh, the most customizable yeah. approach to um, selecting a barrel. So unlike other barrel programs where, you know, maybe you get a barrel of, I don't know, name a brand yeah. and, and they just, 
let you taste three or four samples and you get to decide which one you like best. It's, it's sort of a dart throw. Sometimes you get a, a great barrel out of it. Sometimes it's, uh, it's you know, uh, yeah. nothing to get too excited about. Right. With, with the Maker's Program, for better and worse, I guess, uh, the, the onus is on you. There's yeah. a little more pressure. There's a little more pressure. I always tell people, if it doesn't turn out great, that's kind of your fault, it's not your mine. It's your fault, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, different kinds of toasted oak, different flavor profiles you can customize. It's fun. Okay, so if fun. you are a person that likes whiskey and bourbons and you're standing in a liquor store, what makes Maker's Mark the one you should pick? Sure. Uh, well, I think there are a lot of reasons. I, for one thing, I'll say I, I love pretty much all bourbon. There, there are some that I... You know, I'm not as crazy about. It. I won't name them, but uh, but I'm you know I'm not just a Maker's fan. I think the whole category is just phenomenal. Awesome. Um, Maker's though is, you know, it's it, it depends on what you're looking for, but it's a uh, a little bit more approachable, kind of softer um, bourbon with the the baseline expression with classic Maker's Mark. So that's what we've been doing since day one. We uh, you know, the company was founded in 1953. We started distilling in 1954. Um, a husband and wife team, Bill Samuel Sr. and Margie created the brand. We really haven't deviated from that founding taste vision, but all of the innovation stuff that we're doing now, I think, you know. So let's, yeah, so talk about 46 then. And sure. so you can buy that in a liquor store. What is that experience going to be and how is it different? Definitely. So the son of the founders, Bill Samuels Jr., who's still around. He's ostensibly retired, but he shows up and leaves <laughs> tours at the distillery right. here and there. Uh, still has a you know a lot to do with uh, with the brand, but uh, his son now, by the way, Rob Samuels runs our day to day operation in Loretto, Kentucky. Um, but Bill Jr. before he retired decided that he wanted to create his perfect version of his parents' whiskey. Uh, that project evolved into Maker's Mark Forty Six. Yeah. It's a Maker's finished with seared French oak staves. Yeah. So you mentioned staves earlier, yeah. and I think for a lot of people that's not a familiar term. What is a stave? Staves are essentially planks of wood that you would construct a barrel out of. You know, you'd cooper a barrel. Yep. Um, so the staves that we use to finish Maker's Mark 46 and all of our wood finishing series releases, like uh, we've, got, we've got some that are coming out here in the next couple of weeks, BRT 01 and 02, really fun. Um, and, uh, and the Private Selection Barrel Program, all of it uses the same approach so it's uh these staves are not quite as thick not quite as you know as um yeah yeah as as you would for uh, for barrel cooperage staves but we immerse those in a um a barrel of fully matured maker's mark just for around two and a half to three months and um french oak has a different chemical makeup than american oak the toasted uh, nature we we call it seared French oak. We use an infrared heat source to kind of deeply toast the outside of the yeah. staves. Yum. Yeah. So yum. <laughs> it just sounds so delicious. <laughs> well, I, I always I always say to people, it's um you know we talk about cooking the wood, which yeah. sounds strange, right? If you're no, sounds delicious. Er, right on. Okay. Because <laughs> so, you're gonna eat the wood. Yeah. There you go. You're I gonna mean, eat it, drink it, smell it, sniff yep. it, taste it. There. I mean, there are woodchucks that would agree with you there. Yes. But, but if right. you if you kind of know the. <laughs> If you know how oh, it all works, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm slow on the jokes. I know. No, Hilarious. no. But, but it's, um, I always say, like, an oak tree is really not dissimilar to, like, a carrot. You know, it's a, so when you apply heat. Living plants, a, yeah. Yeah, right. They're all made of, you know, lignans and cellulose and starches and sugars and whatever. So it's, uh, so if you were to throw a carrot into boiling water for a little while, you get one flavor and texture outcome. If you put it on a grill, you get a different one. If you... Whatever. That's yeah, same, a great explanation. 
when you you guys just became a b corp and you don't mm. think about a big liquor company that you can buy in a liquor store that's national as a b corp but that's a really big deal and a big designation and it means that you guys are doing things in a much sustainable way and that your whole company is measured on that mm. congratulations that's a big deal thank you yeah yeah that was just earlier this year we're the largest distillery by a pretty good margin to uh, get B Corp certified in the world. So uh, really important thing for us, sustainability and just environmental responsibility yeah. from our forestry practices to water conservation to even just uh, how we engage with our community is a, a huge part of the vision. And if I wasn't a Maker's Mark drinker already, that could get me to cross the line because that is important to me. And I think it's very important to younger people mm. that are entering into uh, the not like young, young, but people that are getting into the spirit world. And they're so much more discriminating than well, spirit drinkers used to be. People are looking, There's a the, the next generations are looking for purpose-driven. And so if you are a company that shows, you know, that you care about things and you have values that they match up with, that's a very huge piece of how Gen Z makes decisions. And Definitely. so if you guys are looking forward to the future, Gen Z is about to become, is you know, as they're turning 18, there's 4 million people turning 18 before November, by the way. Wow. And wow. that's like, yeah, that. and that's, that's sort of certifying them as the largest demographic, you know? Wow. And so that's, like, cool. that's where like making these value statements and like orienting your company in a way that actually stewards for the next generations. And you guys have always been that way because that's been your, you know, you don't create a distillery and you don't create a whiskey distillery for a short time because nothing's exactly. happening. Right. right. So if you're going to invest in the land and invest in your people and invest in families, yeah. that's something that's important to people. So yeah. Yeah. We've been around for over 70 years yeah. now. Well, just about 70 years on the top next year. So yeah. Uh, uh, the Samuels family has made whiskey for a lot longer than that. Um, the founder, Bill Samuels Sr., his uh, great-grandfather founded uh, the first family distillery in 1844. Yep. And they were kind and of ma making on. moonshine in the hills before that. So. <laughs> That's right. So we, we are, so we hope another you know 100 years we'll, yeah. we'll still be making bourbon. We'll do it. We are out here until 4 o'clock today. It is Maker's Mark Palooza. Come out, get your samples, pick up your Maker's Mark, get your bottle etched. All kinds of fun things. Thanks for being a guest today, Greg. Thank you very much. We for appreciate me. you, Thank and you. we appreciate Maker's Mark. We'll be right back. It is the weekly dish. We are live today, coming at you from G Will Liquors in Andover. Really enjoying all the Maker's Mark talk, and there's also Knob Creek here. I'm looking at a tequila setup. They've got everything for you at G Will Liquors, and I just wanted to talk about Bloody Marys because I knew we were going to be up at the liquor store and. It's kind of Bloody Mary season, right? Because I, I don't know, but I always think about Bloody Marys when it's like back to football season or oh, okay. like heading to the bar and you like have a Bloody Mary while you're watching the game. And there's some cool new um, Bloody Mary things. So are you a big Bloody Mary person? I mean, I, I'm not a big Bloody Mary person, but I would say that like I was sitting at Riva Terrace like the other day and I had this really big floofy drink and I was happy with it until I saw a Bloody Mary walk by and I was like, no, I want a Bloody Mary. Yes, because it's it kind of a good so savory delicious. drink. Yeah. And I don't think about it, you know, and I will say that my biggest thing is that I have a hard time when they either water, it's too boozy. Like the whole point to a Bloody Mary is you want it to be like a tomato juice cocktail. Yep. And it bugs me when they only like splash the tomato juice when it's mostly booze, mostly booze. It doesn't you're not helping me here. Yeah, exactly. Well, so Bloody Marys are a fun thing to do, I think, in the fall because you can 
make your own like Bloody Mary caddy. So you have your Bloody Mary juice, whether you have like a V8, whether you have a Zing Zang, whether you have a Charles's Lovejoy Bloody Mary mix, you know, so you start there and then you can have like different hot sauces, a lot of the pickled things that we've been talking about, the dilly beans, the pickles, the olives, the lemon and the lime. Citrus is important in a Bloody Mary for me. And then you have all your different hot sauces. Some people like literally stir in uh, like Tapatio or uh, Herde's green salsa. You can stir salsa into a Bloody Mary and it gives it a nice kick. Um, there is uh, all kinds of different ways to do Bloody Marys from a spirit standpoint too. So vodka is one way, but I actually have learned because on the island, once the vodka has gone, then we have to go to the tequila and the gin. I'm way more supportive of a tequila or gin. It is in some respects, yep. the botanicals of whatever gin it is that you're drinking, like a cucumber gin from Prairie Vodka in a Bloody Mary is fantastic. Oh, it's way better. Another like to have tequila and do a Hornitos tequila in a, in a gin. It gives it almost more of a spirit forward flavor. Speaking of spirit forward, Polly just said that He's a he's a fan of the Everclear Bloody Mary. For real? I don't know why you would buy that, but okay. <laughs> Just Everclear. All right. Yeah. Um another good version of the Bloody Mary that people don't think about is Aquavit. Yeah, no, and like the dill Aquavit from Gamlaod is a great one for that. That dill really kind of plays out. I mean, you know, I guess this is a drink that you really are it's it's much more about the additives than the spirit. So that's, how I guess, why vodka does so well in it. But I think because your tomato is such a huge presence and then people tend to put spices in there, you're going to overwhelm your spirit anyway. So you might as well just pick one that sort of speaks to you. And the vodka to me just gives it if, a sharpness that I don't, that I'd like. I'd rather have like an undernote of some of the botanicals in yeah. gin or the smokiness of a tequila. Right. And that helps just sort of balance it. And me. you can put whiskey in a Bloody Mary. Sure. Uh, there wasn't a technical name for it because I did ask because I know some people that do that that are just whiskey drinkers and that's the way they like it. Uh, something is happening that I thought was fun at Malcolm Yards. Yep. And we are doing our cookbook swap there. We talked a little bit about it in the first hour, but you can get tickets for that on the Weekly Dish Facebook page, or you can go to Malcolm Yards' website. They are doing this thing where it's a choose-your-own-adventure Bloody yep. Mary walk. So you get your glass with your juice in it, and then you can go to each of the eight locations inside the food hall and get different accoutrements, for your garnish. So you you spend 10 bucks to get your glass of Bloody Mary, uh, basically your tomato juice and your your spirit at the boxcar bar, and then you walk around to each spot, and you do have to pay for your, uh, like, it's like yep. two bucks for this, two bucks for that, but tell us a little bit of what you can Okay, get. so Ed Vellum has a bacon-wrapped stuffed jalapeno, yum. Uh, Bagu has a cucumber roll with pickle veggie. Uh, Baby Zito has a fried cheese curd skewer. Del Sur has a mini empanada skewer. Joey Meatballs has a salami stuffed pepidou. And Mama Dosa has a veggie pakora. Uh, Sunday has a cocktail shrimp with lemon and dill. And Rectangle Pizza has a p pickle pizza roll-up or a pick roll-up. A roll pickle roll-up. Yeah. Pickle roll-up, yeah. So all of these things would be super fun. I just, I liked that they made it like a thing that everyone in the hall can participate in because I think that's a fun idea. Yeah. 
Also, Bloody Mary Fest is coming to the Twin Cities. This is a ticketed event where you go to Union Depot, and they have different sessions. So what I like about that is, you know how sometimes you go to an event, and if you get there, like, middle of the day, half the stuff is sold out? They reset for every session so that your experience is a good one. I'm going to sign cookbooks there, but I'm also... I've got a Burnside Bloody Mary that I'm kind of fond of, so I wrote a recipe card for that. I just I like the idea that Bloody Marys are something that for me feels like fall and the use of some of this produce. We've talked about what you do with these tomatoes that you have frozen. You can blend those up and make a Bloody Mary situation out of it. You can, if you're staring at all these tomatoes on your counter, you can go ahead and blend them up and then it's a really thick situation, but you can juice them. Or you can put them in a coffee filter and let the tomato juice, you know, sort of press out so that you just end up with that tomato. Have you ever had a white Bloody Mary? Yeah, the, with the tomato water. Oh, so. Because when you squeeze a tomato, like itself, it's clear. Or, yeah. you know, a little bit of like an auburn colored. But, yeah, there's uh, the, if you use tomato water, a lot of chefs make uh, the sorbets out of tomato water. That I get Yum. behind. So you make a little sorbet from it all. And so it's a little like icy bit of like cold tomato. A lot of guys I know put that in like a gazpacho. That's kind of delicious. We talked at the beginning of this hour, I think, about polenta and how you've really got me on the polenta train. I did a recipe that is um, shrimp and it's cooked in Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. So you use that to kind of poach the shrimp, as it were, and then you serve you know, you can put peppers and onions and whatever else in there you want to give it kind of more like a thickness. But then you serve that on top of the polenta. And I always have Bloody Mary mix around, which is also like I use it in chili. Whatever I yeah. have it in the fridge, because sometimes you just have like that quarter cup that lasts forever. And you're like, oh, I've got this giant bottle yeah. and this quarter cup of mix. Yeah. I use it in chilies. I'll use it in soups. Well, I mean, I've said before, Charles Lovejoy, his Thai basil spicy Bloody oh. Mary mix. I just drink it. I mean, like it's like Fantastic. If waking up in the morning and have and like without the booze, just like yeah. having a shot of tomato juice is really good for you. So, One of my favorite non-alcoholic drinks is a Virgin Bloody. What's weird, though, is why do we only drink it? Like, you would never, like, go to a cocktail hour and be like, I'll have a Bloody Mary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't be, like, you wouldn't belly up to the bar, like, before an event or something, I feel like. Maybe because the idea, like, you'd get full. Maybe. I'm just thinking about that. Like, like it's more filling. I was at, like, you know, if I was going out and then I said, let's meet up for a pregame or a little drink beforehand. It never would in the evening be like, oh, I'll have a Bloody Mary. You know? Yeah. It's I, only on like daytime. It's a day drinking thing. My stepmom will only day drink if it's a Bloody Mary. So she's like, she's a big wine drinker. So mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not going to, you know, drink during the day, but I'll have one Bloody Mary. Like, do you put, I think it's, I have issues with meat sticks and Bloody Marys. I just think that the whole garnish thing is a little overwrought. I think it got to be a little gimmicky and too putting much like chicken a cheeseburger and, and a chicken. I'm, it's, it's, it's just it's a shtick, and I get it that that's fine. But then the hard part is I don't want to pay for it <laughs> because <laughs> then they're like, oh, and have a chicken wing. I'm like, yeah, but your chicken wing is not really an edible chicken wing. Yeah, a lot like of times it's been sitting out yep. there, and then you put it on, and then it's like greasy and cold and weird or the $28 bloody mary that has all this stuff yeah. that you're like oh, I don't no really i just want that. pickles and citrus i want olives i want a pickle spray if you want to put a celery stick in there mazel that sounds great but like i just want pickly things i don't if there's a cheese cube i'm gonna eat it but like 
you know. It doesn't even have to be in there. It doesn't have to be in there, but like the meat stick also, I'm like, eh. A cocktail onion? Sure. I think a meat stick works because of the smokiness of it usually that goes with it. But again, I'm probably going to have something else. Asparagus spear? Oh, sure. My other things and have my Bloody Mary to drink. When you're going to day drink, is like, is there like a drink that's your like, this is my go-to in no. an afternoon situation? No. I mean, wine is usually easiest. Yeah, it is you easy. Just open it. You know, you're not like ready to like bartend in the middle of the day. That sort yeah. of feels a little bit strange. I find I open that. a can of cider a lot. Yeah. Like the different ciders. And I don't know why, but I drink a lot of cider this summer. Yeah. I'm not a hard seltzer person, really. No, me either. And so I'm just, yeah, I mean, I try not to drink <laughs> But if I'm that, that's more like I might go to a bar. Yeah. And if I'm going somewhere, then I'll order just a regular cocktail if I'm in a day drink. If but, you're doing something. Yeah. But I'm not one of those people who's like, if I'm gardening, I have a, a thing of beer open. I usually don't do that. Do you ever do, you use, you were the one who talks a lot about the micheladas. So yeah. that is a can of beer in Bloody Mary's. Mix. No, that's, well, I mean, like, so, I mean, like, you want to have, yeah, you want to have, like, a beer with, like, salt or tomato or something added into it and then a salted rim. A beer cocktail, I mean, like, a beer, um, Bloody Mary is always, I always, that's what the whole snit thing is, too, with the idea that there's, like, why in, in the upper northwest or upper north, people have a snit and they don't know and like in other places in the country they have no idea what we're talking about or they're like why do you need like a little short beer with your bloody mary and like i don't know it's like a palate that's how i that's how i grew up but it's how you grow up with like a little beer back or a beer snit and other people in the country don't have that and those little what do they call them ponies the little miller light bottles that are the little ponies or like the coors banquets i love those those are right there i'm looking at them yeah like the little bomber bottles those are great too but yeah, I mean, like, and so it's just kind of a strange Do you think, thing. I wonder if, because if you get like a side of beer, sometimes if the Bloody Mary is super thick, because I don't love them when they're so thick, they barely go through the straw, but you pour a little bit of your beer in there and zhuzh it up and no. it thins it out a little bit. Maybe. I just always have my, it's always just a side. It could be like a it's flavor like a chaser. Yeah. It's like a treat. Like, I love it. Good job. You ate your vegetable. Here's your bread. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeast. It's, it's totally, yeasty. Yeah. All right. Well, that was just a little bit of Bloody Mary talk because I thought what they're doing at Malcolm Yards is fun. It is. And if you want to come to the Bloody Mary Festival, you should. And if you're having a Bloody Mary today or you're watching a game, cheers. Cheers. We are at G. Willickers in Andover, <laughs> and they've got lots of Bloody Mary mix here. Also, do try the Charles Lovejoy Thai basil because that's a great one. And you can find that uh, on their website or in lots of liquor stores. I know that they have it, too. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. We are live and it's The Weekly Dish and we are at G. Will Liquors in Andover. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. And boy... We were just talking about Bloody Marys. We've talked about whiskey. We've talked about Maker's Mark whiskey and how it's made. We learned about staves. Yes. And and something that I think that we didn't really clarify is that, you know, and again, with like kind of a 101, uh, 101 on some whiskey stuff, if you are new to the to the spirit, is that whiskey gets its color, that beautiful golden color, because when you're talking about putting it into a barrel and the charred barrel you know that what that does to the wood when they char it pulls out those sugars and those uh, those those caramels and then the whiskey over time seeps into the wood and then comes back out and so that's what gives whiskey the color and that beautiful flavor is that it takes it from the wood so this 
alcohol goes in and it comes out and carries with it the flavors with it. So that's why when they say they take those staves, those pieces of charred wood, and they put them into the barrel, it's almost like steeping it some more, giving it an extra moment to soak in and soak out of extra flavoring. And so delicious. So you delicious. described that very well. Thank you. Um, hey, I wanted to talk about that the Dakota has some fun stuff going on. The Potash twins are in town. I don't know if you know about them. I don't. And I know I should because they're on some TV show. Well, they're just friends of uh, Zimmern, you know, but they're these these two guys. You guys, they are just these sort of brass funk cool dudes. They're a lot of fun. They do love food. Um, and so they've done like they've been on Bravo's Beats and Bites. They've done Travel Channel's Southern Road Trip with the Potash Twins. Um, but they're basically these really fun guys. It's a Dave and Ezra Potash, and they um, they they have a couple shows happening at the Dakota. But Remy, Chef Remy, who's been on the show before with us, um, uh, has a new special menu, a, a special uh, pre-fee three-course dinner for forty-nine dollars. So fifty-dollar three-course dinner of cucumber tomato salad with a little bit of Humboldt Fog goat cheese. They They've got roasted monk fish tail with some apple summer squash. That sounds delicious. And some sticky toffee cake um, with fresh figs. Okay, so that that's, sticky toffee cake yeah. is like, I'm still thinking about it when we had it before. Right. So this is a great oh, idea yum. of like, this is a great menu you get to have uh, that is, uh, you know, a part of their performance. That they are coming on uh, Thursday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. And they're horn players. Yeah, they're, it's a lot of fun, you guys. They are a lot of fun. They are. It's a really good time if you go to the Dakota page um, and look at it. It's just really great. Does it, does it say on that Dakota page if on Monday nights they're still doing where you can go and dine without having a ticket? Yeah, on Monday nights they still do. I believe it's called the Chef's. Uh, yeah, I think it's on Monday night they have the Chef uh, Spotlight No Cover Monday. So on 7 p.m. Uh, no Cover Monday. That's not showing me. But anyway, yes. Okay, because one of the things about that place is you usually have to have a ticket to a show to eat, but on Mondays you don't. Right. And if you've never been and you have a Monday that you want to go out, I would highly encourage you to go because Chef Remy's food is fantastic. The Dakota's a lovely room. I love to go see music and dine there. I think it's like one of the best date nights in town. But if you're just not a music person or you just want to have his food, go Monday nights. Yep. Wonderful. So there you go for that. All right. So did you have any good, exciting eats this week? Not really. No, I no, worked. not really. I mean, I kind of gave you everything I did with, uh, with, I was up at Riva Terrace. I was just really working. I just had a lot of work stuff. To yeah, do I did so go I to Creekside there. in Northeast, uh, or is it, was it Northeast? No, it's not Northeast. No, it's South. It's Southeast. <laughs> Southwest, actually. Yeah. Uh, Creekside over by Nokomis. I went there. I went to a book signing at the park view mm -hmm. and just that's such a great venue if you get a chance to go see music there or they've got um a lot of different special nights that they do yeah and the creek view next door kind of known for their supper club vibe had a quite a good perch fish fry so yeah. if you're a fish fry person that's perch a good spot to go kind of a fun thing um and i will i will tell you that i did pop by alma provisions which is now open um so is this like a little mini store yeah okay so alma you guys know hotel and the cafe and restaurant over in northeast um they have you know alex and margot roberts opened brasa in south minneapolis near 46th and bryant and that used to be that java jack space and so they have that has become brasa in october of 2020 and then there's always been this little like side 
side coffee type nook used to be the original Rustica Bakery. Like way, way back in the day, if any yep. of you guys are old enough for that. And then, so basically they've uh, turned it into Alma Provisions. And so what that is, is they'll have grab-and-go egg sandwiches and salads and all sorts of like coffee drinks and breakfast items, little waffles. Um, and then um, and then they have basically, you know, things like you can grab cookie dough, you can grab uh, pre-made salads, Ooh, I love it. salamis, and then they've got pastas and pasta sauces that you can, you know, products. But the bigger thing is that they have Margot's, um, who she has done a lot of this, like, really great, um, like, gifts, you know, as far as, like, lotions and... Apothecary. Yeah, her apothecary is in the basement. And so she's doing a lot of these really great lotions and candles, and they're all seasonal. Like, this is what I love about what she's doing. She's not just like, here's a lavender body oil. She's really thinking about, like, seasonal. Like, what's the fall body oils? What are, you know, what are the things that you want to use? Cedar. Juniper. Yes. So it's really along that same seasonal flavoring that you get with the food. She's doing with, like, scents and lotions and candles. And then they have these great little, like, finds, like, carved wooden bowls. She had this cute little biscuit cutter that was like a little wooden carved biscuit cutter that I'm going to go back for. I love it. Yeah. So lots of great things. Open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I think. Or no, 8 to 2. So that's not a dinner spot, but you might want to you know, reserve some stuff to grab and go. Okay. I'm going to show Stephanie a picture of a bowl of seafood. Yeah. That was in this most delicious Chipino. tomato broth. It was at Inoni. In Mendota, and it was an appetizer, actually, and it was such a huge portion, it would feed, like, two people, but it had mussels and scallops and uh, clams, and it had calamari, and it was an appetizer just so good with this, served with this bread on the long side of it. Chipina, did they call it chipina? No, they just called it a seafood stew, but it was cheap. It was, like, so inexpensive. I was like, wow, was that an entree? And she goes, no, it was an appetizer. It was a portion, I swear, that could have fed two people for dinner. Wow. And then I had a bistecca, which is just basically a ribeye cooked over an Italian, like, open fire. Yeah. I mean, just honestly, my uh, I split it with my stepmom, and she looked at me, and she goes, wow, this is one of the best steaks I've ever had. Oh, I'm nice. like, yeah, I told Eddie you. Noni. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a super delicious little spot in Mendota. It's family run. I just love it there. They do such a great job. We, uh, after your book launch at the Lynn Hall in Edina, we went over to Mr. Paul's, and I just want to shout out those oysters. We got, oh, yeah, we got some oysters rock. There. I had those too. Oh, I love those. Just delicious. Just shouting smoked, that out. Delicious yeah. oysters. Such a fun day at Jill Will Liquors Andover. There it is. I'm gonna be here signing my G. book. Willikers. So a few, yeah, G Willikers. G Willikers. Thanks to Maker's Mark for having us today. Come on by, and we will see you next week. Ciao, ciao.